Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author. Talk about writing and life because, people, what it takes to write the book you want to write is what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It is true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as uh, video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. Uh, you can go check it out at authormagazine.org. And we are funded by the uh, wonderful people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. And, hey, this is it. This week, the conference is happening starting ah, tomorrow. Yes, I'll be teaching tomorrow about getting over the fear of rejection. Yes, that's a big one for writers. I'm, actually, I'm going to be all over that damn conference uh truth be told i can't doing so many things so if you're going to be there you'll probably see me at some point uh, i hope I, you know people are still signing up isn't that crazy so i think you might even still be able to do it last minute uh if you're one of those so hey if you're going to be there it's great to see you uh if you want to learn about this organization you can do so go over to pnwa.org great people great organization they're doing a great this is a virtual conference they're doing a great job on it so uh hey hope to see you there i love it i have a lot of fun and uh, so, pnwa.org, check it out. Uh, so that's it. You know, I will be there. I'm busy doing that this week. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and I'm looking forward to my conversation with today's guest, Greg Olson. Uh, this will be, I think, the third time I've talked to Greg. What an interesting guy. Um, he is a number one New York Times, number one Amazon charts number one Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, and USA Today bestselling author of more than 30 crime books, an impassioned voice for victims and their families. Olson has been a guest on Dateline, 48 Hours, 2020, William Shatner's Aftermath, Deadly Women, Good Morning America, CBS This Morning, Today, Fox News, CNN, Anderson Cooper, MSNBC, Entertainment Tonight, Snapped, Forensic Files, Inside Edition, Nancy Grace, Extra, Access Hollywood, NPR with Scott Simon, and Biography, among dozens of other shows. Oh, my God. With more than one million copies sold, Olson's true crime book, If You Tell, was Amazon's best-selling Kindle ebook in 2020. Yes, we only get the big guys here, and there's Greg. Greg, good to have you oh on. My God. Huh? I'm exhausted you did all that. just listening to you. <laughs> I can't believe I've accomplished so much. <laughs> I know you have. How did it It's happen? unreal. I mean, the way you just, wow. That's uh, impressive. You know what? That's the thing, though. It's all in the past, Greg. It's all in the past. Mm-hmm. And we live in the present. And writing happens in the present. Right? And that just, you can't uh, rest on I, your look. No. You can't rest. I do want to no. tell you something about the past because you mentioned uh, – the PNW um, PNWA yeah. conference. Yeah. And I want you to know that years ago, when I was first starting out, I went to meet Ann Rule, uh, the great, oh, yeah. Yeah, great yeah, yeah. crime writer. Yep. She was speaking there. It was the time when Diane Downs, the, the killer in her book, uh, Small Sacrifices, had escaped from uh, prison. Ooh, and, ooh. you know, Ann was there talking about that book, and it's like, you know, she was the greatest. I was young, and I said, you know, I'm writing a book. I want to get it to you someday. Will you give me a blurb? And she said, sure, you know, sure, kid, or whatever. 
And right. eventually I did get that book written and she, you know, she faxed me. Remember faxes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on that awful paper that used to come on. It was sort yeah. of, I don't know, kind of crankily. Anyway, yep. she sent me the loveliest note and blurb. And I just think, you know, that's where my dream came true. Meeting wow. somebody in that genre. And yeah. uh, that was that was helpful to me. So, I mean. I encourage everybody that's going yeah. uh, this week to the events to, to, you know, corner in a nice way, corner an author and get some tips because yeah. it can change your life. It's get tricky mine. right now. Unfortunately, everything is Zoom, so it's harder to, to corner people. Although, you know, we will be teaching classes and and you can talk to us. And, I, and you know, that story you tell is great, Greg, and I've had stories like that myself. And I think it, it points to there is a gener there was a generosity I think in the publishing community amongst writers that you have to start meeting writers to experience it. Um, I have certainly that you know writers you're all, you you know Greg you do your work you probably do it alone I don't know if you go to coffee shops or if you do it in an office your little home office or wherever but we're alone a lot and right. we actually do like talking to other people in general. And we do like helping. I, I find that to be the case. I'm sure you have helped I others. I think so too. And you know, like the greatest honors of my life, um, besides a couple of books that I feel are pretty good, are the books other people have written because I helped them. And Real. that wow. makes me think, you know, and, and it's like, you know, I this one gal, Lisa Reagan, she's very popular. And she gave me her, she had not been published. She gave me her book. I blurbed it like 20 years ago. Right. And, She's, you know, very strong in this genre I'm in now. So I just wrote to her and I said, you know, how about reading The Hive, you know? And yeah. she did. And she said, you know, Greg, you were the only one that answered my email for a, an advanced blur. Wow. So, you know, wow. It's like that makes you feel so good because, you know, I, you, you can't do it for everybody. No. But you can no. spot those people, those burgeoning writers, somebody who really wants it. you got to really want it. Yeah, and yeah. you can be part of that because I was that person too. I mean, I went to all the book signings I could go to, yeah. and you know, you know, I wasn't, you know, a, a groupie, but, yep. <laughs> but I went to them all. <laughs> you know, in yep. those days, I felt like we had a lot more opportunity to meet writers and get to yeah. see, you yeah. know, what they were and what car they drove and all this yeah, stuff. Like, yeah. What is this job? You know, yeah. is it fame and fortune or is it a job? Yeah, you know. Let's it's a it's a strange job because you you know I, I remember interviewing um, uh, um, Alice Hoffman the uh, this, the novelist and she's early on early on when I started doing these interviews a little before I interviewed you probably and she said you know every time she starts a book she's like I feel like I don't know how to write one like every time she starts a new one it's like how do you do this again how do you do this I mean even though you know. They, they, they all have their similarities. Each one is different in its own way. I mean, no matter, right. Everyone, you have to find that story. Even if you're in for true crime, you have to find that story. You know, it's not enough, for, I'm sure. So I should say to our audience, Greg, I, I, I was contacted because he has a, a new novel out called The Hive. It's out in June um, through Thomas and Mercer. Check it out. It's very compelling. Uh, but I first interviewed you, I believe, Greg, because you had just published your first 
uh, YA novel. Is that, am I remembering correctly? Yeah. This, right? Yeah. Right. You, I mean, I've tried it all, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right. I've written in every genre. My, I, I joke that the only thing I haven't done is a cookbook, and maybe I'll do that too. But yeah, I, I that was, I did the YA. And that, yeah. and that, by the way, I mean, I have, I have had an interesting, varied career. And yeah. I kind of wanted to go back to what you said about Alice Hoffman. Yeah. It's like, for me, I was a mass market guy. So that right. meant I had to grind out that book in a year. You right. know? And I right. didn't have, I never knew what it was like to sit down and like contemplate something because <laughs> I had a deadline and I had kids to feed, you know, right. and right. the money always ran out, you know, and yep. we, you know, it's like, uh, is this really a job or is this just a hobby? You know, trying to figure yeah. out what it was, but yeah. the grind of mass market, uh, you know, that's to me that like taught me that, hey, there's no excuse that you've got to get it done. You know, you know what you were like? You know what your days in mass market were like? I always think about the Beatles when they were in Hamburg. I don't know if you know how well you yeah. know the stories of the Beatles. I'm a huge Beatles fan. And they just like had to play like 12 hours a day, six days a week when they had these, these gigs. But I think they must have learned a ton. And I, for a while, I was writing an essay a day, five days a week. I was writing one a day. Yep. And that taught me so much because I couldn't overthink it. And I found... I wrote better. And I'm sure all those books you were cranking out, there was something you just, yeah. you had to learn in your bones then that probably, probably trust. I would, on some level, you must have learned to trust yourself because writers can, you know, get in their head in the worst way, right? Yeah, no, I mean, back then I was doing true crime and of right. course I had to deal with, with the situation that comes with that, which is you're dealing with real people that have gone through something terrible. So yep. that, yeah. in a way, in a weird way, is a huge motivator because you want to do right by them. You know, right. I'm still in touch with people. Like my first book, which became my first bestseller, is like 33, five years old. I don't know how oh many friends. Oh, my God. It, Oh and, my and, God. and it just got redone, actually, and, and trade paperback by St. Martin's. They just did a beautiful wow, job really? with it. And, yeah, and I'm in touch with people from that story still, you know, through through the world of Facebook or email or it used to be letters, you know. So wow. that idea of like, wow. okay, writing to a crime and these people are going to be with me for the rest of my life. You, you, so, you mentioned that's a big deal, you, right? it is a big. It's amazing in a way, but you, it's kind of the beautiful thing about this work. I got to say, the way the kind of connection you make with people, I think it's it's quite lovely. Whether it's fans or other writers or or these people that you got to meet, and and you you um you said so you meet Anne Rule, and so you're a young mm-hmm. pup, and you've got a true crime book that you that you're working on. Is that right? At that time, right. Yeah. So that means you were already eyeing that genre. So you must have been just interested. Were you a, you you were a fan of reading it? I assume you read True Crime. I lo- I, yes, I loved Anne Rule and Jack Olson, who's not related to me. I, those were oh. the then they're both Pacific big. Northwest writers, yeah. and you well. know, so we saw probably a lot more of them here. Right. If you lived in Texas or somewhere, but you know. I had a journalism degree, and I thought to myself, uh, uh, right, right, right. I, you know, I got to tell someone else a story because right. that's what I'll do. That's what you do. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't until like years later when I thought, well, could I write a real book, which was a novel? Oh, like, right. Those are real. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Now, what you, well, you know, what you were doing wasn't real. <laughs> it wasn't real. It was just. Right. right. It was a. It was like channeling or translating was what it really right. was. I mean, sure, there's a 
a skill level to telling someone else's story and getting it right, but it's not a story you're making up, right? Well, you know? it's true, but I still think it's, it's still real. Greg, it's still real, okay? It's those, real. Were all, those were all real, baby. And the reason I guess it interested <laughs> me is, is I, I'm always fascinated by people recognizing the thing they're interested in. It may not seem like much, but I, I have talked to people who have not allowed themselves to be interested on that level, have not sought that thing that lights them up. And I think that it is easy for people like yourself and for me too, honestly, who have always found something really interesting to take it for granted. And it, and it isn't, and it's huge to have something that you are fascinated by that you're drawn to is such a lovely, I mean, I think everybody can be, I think a lot of people prevent themselves, but you obviously like let yourself focus on that in that way. And that's because what I read, you know what I mean? Right. I always tell people, right. like, if I was somebody, you know, back to a cookbook or a gardening book or something, I always say to people that if that had been what I was reading, then that's what I would have written because I wanted to be a writer. Right. That's it. Right. Right. You know? You knew, and, you and knew that early on. That, oh, for sure. But yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure sixth grade or sooner, you know, that that was something that I wanted to do. But it was the whole thing is, like, you figure out how do you make a life of that? It's not, yeah. you know, yeah. it's a tough one. It's, a, it's not, it's not like getting a law degree. It's not no. like, you know, <laughs> no. And, and not only that, one of the big things that I teach people is there's a lot of things adults can do and not be particularly happy while they're doing them and still make a really good living, quite frankly. Right. But I don't believe right. that's the case with the arts. I think you can't have success in it unless you love it. I, I really don't. I don't. I think you maybe can burn out and keep, you know, kind of making money off your fame, maybe. But right. I think you can't do it if you don't love it. I think that's and I think here's my theory, Greg, that that is the real yeah. reason people think it's so hard, because they're used to being able to do things and dislike it, but still finish it, still chop the wood, still mow the lawn. But with writing, you've got to love it. You've got to be dialed in or it ain't happening. Yeah. It just isn't happening. Yeah, you love you love the hunt for the story or the putting the story yeah. together and all that. But the other thing that's about writing, which I think is really interesting, and it, and it does apply probably to all the arts in a way, is that when you're done with your project, someone else gets to decide if it's any good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. You you know, don't get to... your, your performance review isn't your manager in some cubicle down the hall. It's, no. it's the public, whether they yeah. like it or not or buy it. Or whether, yep. then it, whether your publisher says your numbers are not good enough or they should be better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Every time it's like, you know, it's like, like you're back to Alice Hoffman. She's thinking, yeah. starting over, can I do it? And then I think when my book comes out, well, it works like into another one. Well, my favorite story about that is uh, Louis Sackar wrote Holes, uh, the, the young uh-huh. adult novel Holes, a bunch of other things. Sure. And he was talking to Judy Bloom. He's talking to Judy Bloom at some writer's conference. He had just finished this novel that was, that was, had older protagonists than what he was used to writing for. So he was worried, you know, the way writers are. And he said to Judy Bloom, who's written like, you know, a hundred books or whatever. Do you ever finish a book and wonder, is this thing any good at all? And she looked him straight in the face and said, oh, everyone, <laughs> everyone, every single one. And I thought that's such right. a great story, but it's so true. You don't know. Um, so you've been on television a lot, Greg. You've been on television a lot. Is that because do they do, do they have you on to talk about a specific case that you've written about, or just to talk about crime in general, or your work working with? Uh, or is it people, 
we're working with all families and victims, both. Yeah, I mean, sometimes these shows are so bad, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just looking for a talking head where they can stick, you know, the word crime writer underneath it. Right. So that right. they have someone to tell the story. Others, you know, are more thoughtful and they're telling a story that you care about because you wrote about it. You spent like a year or two of your life on it and that's a different experience. Right. But right. here's what I want to say about TV that I think is, is really interesting is, you know, when I was starting out and I'd say up till about, oh, maybe 2000, yep. uh, a little bit after that, TV drove book sales in a big way. Right. And, you know, you, you could be on Montel or one of those shows and right. sell, you know, 20,000 copies the next week. Wow. And that wow. doesn't happen. I mean, like when I did Dateline, like I did Dateline on a Twisted Faith, which is probably about 10 years ago. So yeah. it's like, you know, maybe 20, I don't know, 10 or something like that. Yeah. So, and that didn't move the needle at all. The whole hour was on my book and my story. Wow. And it just didn't do a thing because the market is so fragmented. We don't yeah. have yeah. that channel where, you know, 20 million people are watching yep. Chef Sally Jesse Raphael, if you remember her. Right, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, I remember. Let, my, I remember. let me get my red glasses on now and look intellectual. So, <laughs> right. you know, that that whole thing, uh, I think TV is really interesting and like navigating. You know, I, I did a show, I taped a show about a week or two ago, and, you know, it was on a, a case that I'd written about. Right. And the thing about it was I only did it because my grandson liked to see me on TV. <laughs> really? Oh, what a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, you know, I'll go, you know, I'll go do the show and then I can tell Henry, hey, I'm on tonight. Let's watch it. And he'll sit right. there all excited. But right. um, as far as, you know, doesn't, you know, the, the world's changed on how people get their stories and yeah. read them. And yeah, we all have to. Writers evolve. We do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, it's true. It is. It is such a. It's you know my my kids, you know they're in their twenties and they can just start their own television network essentially on YouTube in a way. Yeah. I mean, you know yeah. they can. They, I mean, I I was doing stand up. I was doing uh, sketch comedy in the eighties, and what I really wanted to be doing was a YouTube channel, but it didn't exist. But if it had, that's what right. I would have done. You know. That's what you I would pre- be such a star. Oh, totally. Totally, Greg. <laughs> totally. Gonna, oh, my yeah, God. I'm going to absolutely you, believe that that is the case. <laughs> but yeah, I was born I too soon. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that happens to all of us. <laughs> so, but, so, Greg, I, here's the thing I find interesting about people like you and Kevin O'Brien. Do you know Kevin? Yes. The, the novelist. So yes. Kevin's a great guy. And, yep. and uh, Chelsea Kane. Yeah, yeah, very funny. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, you know, you're dabbling in some dark stuff, man. I mean, every day you go to write, whether you're doing a book like The Hive, where you're in, you're 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 creating the story, you're dreaming it up, or you're telling someone else's story. You're still do- dealing with uh, the dark business of people killing other people, and right. that's and and always my joke about people like you and Chelsea and Kevin is because you're the three that come to mind. Is you are the nicest sweetest sort of happiest dispositions and yet you write about the and if i talk to some literary writers they're the grumpiest let's say happy people so what how do you how do you keep yourself such a light presence maybe this is just your interview it it is just how i am but here's the funny thing about it my readers are that way too 
Really? That's the funny part about it. People think that, oh, these true crime people must be freaks because they – or yeah. even the thriller people because all this right. – guts, blah, blah, blah. But I see my audience on those rare occasions when we get to be out in public and – you know, and meet them for a signing, and they're all lovely. So yeah. why is that? It's yeah. because they they can't believe how bad other people are, and they're drawn to figuring that right. out. That's it. And they're oh, super is, nice. Is that true for you they, also? You know, are you are you like? Is it? Does it? Because I remember talking to Margaret George. No, um, no, Elizabeth George. Yeah. Elizabeth George. Elizabeth George. Yeah. yeah. Right. Elizabeth George. Margaret Margaret George is uh, the history writer, but um. Elizabeth George, and she was talking about she's just really interested in in the aberrant behavior. <laughs> she just finds yeah. it fascinating. So, what is it about? What? Why are you drawn to it? Like, what is about it? If you can, no, that's you can, kind of funny. Like Elizabeth, I I met her. I did an event with her, and then she later contacted me because she wanted to know about Mary Kay Letourneau, who I'd written a book about. Right. And oh, that's you did. the Seattle Keeper. Oh, yes. Yeah, I wrote a book yes. about that called yes. with the classic title, If Loving You Is Wrong. And <laughs> I wrote that book and Elizabeth was really fascinated by that. And I thought, you know, and I've heard some other people, gosh, oh, you know, that that are the aberrant behavior, whether it's murder or sex or whatever. Right. The nicest people want to just drink it up. <laughs> they, want, they want to know why, you know, what they did, what I can't believe it. And of course, right. you know, right. that's, that's the way it is. But, you know, for me, when I'm writing something that's dark, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, my litmus test all the time, Bill, is this. I'm imagining my reader right. in bed with their partner. Or right. partners now, I guess. However many they want. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Not, we don't judge. <laughs> no, they're in bed there, and the one that's reading the book turns to the other or others and says, "I cannot believe what I just read." That's know? it. That's and what that, you want. That's that's what I want. I want that because I know what that's like as a reader. You know, when right. you're flipping through the pages, you know, it's like a drug, and you can't stop. Right. That's right. what I want to. And for me, my people. They want, you know, like the true crime people, they want to hear like the, the details and right. the fiction people, you know, they're, they're a different crowd. They, they want yep. that too, but they want more of, I believe, more of a, of a nuanced approach to the storytelling. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and we do our best to give them both. Yeah. Well, the, the fiction writer is really driven by emotion. I mean, the fiction yeah. reader, it's really the, whereas the true crime would be like, tell me, I want to know what actually happened. Like, what? Yeah. For real, what actually happened. And you're dealing with, what? of course, the true crime is interesting is because you're dealing with things that happened recently, usually. Yeah. I mean, they tend to be more recent as opposed to like 30 yeah. years older. Yeah. 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 Um, but not too recent. You know, I learned that yeah. lesson. You cannot. Oh, yeah. The Laterno one was my most the book that I wrote, like during when the whole thing was happening. Yeah. And that was a nightmare because there were so many people. I mean, the New York Post, there are 11 book deals for this oh, story, God. blah, blah, blah. And right. St. Right. Martin's first out of the block with Greg Olson's If Loving You Is Wrong. And right. It was true. There was everybody was lurking around, right. paying for and trying to get the story. And what I learned from actually Ann Rule is wait till things are adjudicated and then do it. And my, right. you know, the circus will move on. Right. You know, they will. And you'll go in there and you're going to get the real story. Plus, 
having it be adjudicated, it, it gives you a natural satisfying or something resembling a satisfying ending, I would think, yeah. having that, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, and legal cover. I mean, that's the other part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there is that. You, you don't want that. to get sued. No, you don't. And I would think a tr- I would think someone doing what you're doing runs a greater risk than maybe other writers since you're so getting into people's lives in a way. Right. The thing about it is the killer can't do anything because there's nothing you can say about somebody that whether it's true or false is, you know, of course you wouldn't put it if it was false, but if right. you were wrong, worse than being a murderer. So it doesn't matter if you say they wet their bed or whatever. <laughs> right, right. You can say, right, right. You can say that. Right. You know, right. but if it's somebody, the, the one that's at the greatest risk for any kind of legal action is that person that maybe lives next door. That, right. You know, they're, right. they're tangential, to, tangential to the story and they're not really somebody that, you know, that, that matters that much. But they had that one nugget you wanted to use and they didn't right. know you used it. So right. that, that's the thing. You know, the main players, they're, they're pretty used to it. So we're, I, you know, you at 30 books in, and I, I'm glad you gave a number in your bio because I was just looking at your, you know, your, your you know, list I of books. I honestly don't know. It's so long. It's so many goddamn books. <laughs> I, really don't, Holy sh- I don't even know. The thing is, uh, well, I'm not good with numbers. Uh, yeah, well, then, well, good, because just it's a lot. How's that for a number? But I guess my question gonna, to you is. I'm going to count you, tonight, though, just so you know. Oh, that's good. But my question to you is, like, what, like, what turns you on still about? Like, what gets you up in the, the morning about this work? You've done so many of these things. Are you still interested, for real, other than paying your bills? Well, I'll tell you what. One thing that really – I pivoted, actually, to uh, Thomas and Mercer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, you know, they're, they're Amazon. Yep. Oh, yeah. And it is, yeah. It's, you know, and, and people said at the beginning, oh, that's self-publishing or whatever. And I said, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what, that changed my life. Really? There's no doubt about it. Wow. Because of their their reach and because of the great care they give to the manuscript, I mean, the best editing jobs I've ever had has come from my editor, Liz Pearson, and the publishing director, Gracie Doyle. They are so good. Their process oh. is so advanced. Wow. So, so I feel like it, it's like the – and then you see – the results of what they can do, you know, um, oh, as yeah. you tell, has been sold for like 11 or 12 countries now. Right. You know, they just, it, the audio was a, is, is a bestseller. It's like AP reports it every week. And that's, that's the book. I mean, yeah. the, the book, if you tell us number five today. So, wow. So it's still wow. It's two years old. Wow. <laughs> you can't get in a bookstore. You can't get that. You know, your right. book is in there for maybe four or five months. And yep. then it's remaindered. But, and then in the mass market business, which I was in, if you weren't sold in the first two weeks, you were done. Your cover was stripped off and you were thrown away. So right. I love right. being in this ebook ecosystem where, you know, you have staying power because, because the people are buying it. Right. You know, instead of someone right. else deciding. Right. So that's, yeah, no, I've yeah. had some other friends. Uh, Bob Degoni, uh, I don't know if you know Bob, but he, you know, yeah, he, I, I don't he, know him, but he's super good. He, he is, great. and he's and his career really took off when he switched over to Amazon, and they just loved and his stuff. He's been going gangbusters ever since. He's been just thrilled with yep. it. And I have other friends who, especially a lot. I mean, I think I've 
I've got friends who are writing all different kinds of stuff, but I, I feel like the ones who I feel like have really thrived are the crime and suspense writers for whatever reason they seem to be. Maybe Thomas and Mercer is particularly good. I don't know. But uh, I've seen a lot of people turn things around. I just think I just think also the reading habits lend themselves to certain genres around um, yes. the evil. I just think it makes sense, like especially romance, too, for sure. You know. Yeah. So those two categories that you mentioned, romance and crime. Those yeah. are your more voracious readers. You know, yeah, they, they are. are a serial reader. They're going to read a book and pick up another one where yep. probably the average person maybe reads a book a year or maybe less. I don't even know. But right. these people always have a book. And yep. I remember like my sister-in-law used to have all these romance books that she kept in these tubs, you know, like the rubber <laughs> yep. tubs. She had yep. like hundreds of them. And, yeah. and now, and you know, lugging them all around, she didn't want to get rid of them. I think, wow, isn't it nice that there's a Kindle around now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where all those trees didn't have to die for all yeah. those bosoms, you know? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, that's right. It's a good thing for America. <laughs> it, it is, it is. I know, I, I met the the guy who was in charge of sales for North America for Harlequin, and I he was like, yeah, people, this was back before uh, the Kindle, and he was like, yeah, people are, are buying ordering 30 books a month, ordering 30 bucks a month from us. And I was like, holy Isn't that crazy? what kind of life? So that, that was their television. So, all right, Greg, yeah. you're still at it. You're still interested. Uh, Thomas and Mercer yeah. is keeping you young. And by the way, I want to say to our listeners, Greg did this whole interview doped up on pain medication and you wouldn't have known it, would you? No, no, you no, wouldn't have. I wouldn't. I, you got to tell them how I broke my arm. I, I broke yeah. my arm. You know, you know, like there's a line at Starbucks, the car drive through line was too long. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I'll just go inside and save some time. And I scurried across the parking lot in my flip-flops and <laughs> literally flopped on my face. I chipped a tooth, broke my arm, and I have, I am like a snaggle-tooth creaking oh, right now, but oh. I'm on the road to recovery. Oh, <laughs> I'm good. Like, I'll get better, and I'm on pills. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, Greg, well, listen. I hope you hope it's a speedy recovery. I hope you get your smile back. But uh, before Thank I let you, you go, uh, first of all, if people want to learn about you, uh, it's just gregolson.com. Is that two G's, everybody? Two G's in Greg. Yeah, uh, yeah and I actually do my website. I moved it over to a, a more comprehensive site called notorioususa.com. Notorioususa.com. Yeah, yeah, so USA is my website. Check it out. There's lots of books there that I've written, other books i published for other people. Um, some fun stuff too. So hopefully yeah. you check it out. It's a great website. I was just there. It's r- quite, quite good. Quite good. Well done. Who Thank I'm you. sure whoever was responsible for that. Maybe it was you. I don't know, but whoever it was did a great job. So, okay. Oh, yeah. But I got oh, one I more know. question, Greg. One more question yeah. for you. I want you to finish this sentence. If writing all the, oh, all the writing you've done has taught you anything, taught you what? It's taught me the power of the written word to heal other people, whether it's somebody that has been injured in a terrible accident. I've written about those things. Or whether it's a a woman who's lost her husband due to violent crime. I think telling someone else's story is the whole thing. For me, it's it's why I get up in the morning. Um, And that's it. so good enough for me, Greg. That sounds pretty good. Thank you. It's true. It can heal. It does. Greg, congratulations on all the stuff and on your continued success. And uh, I expect one of these days I'm going to be flipping through TV and I'm going to see your 
your your chip oh, my ball my ball my, head my actually you know what the the show that I saw it recently has my chip tooth in it so definitely check oh, it out oh good all right there's proof that it happened <laughs> all right Great all right take you, it bro. easy Greg I'll talk to you again another twenty okay we'll do bye bye. <laughs> Oh, what a nice guy. You see, these crime writers are such nice people. Such nice people. And it does. Writing stories, they can heal. They do. Healed me. Did indeed. Uh, All right, listen, I will be back again next week with the poet Sarah Lipton. Uh, See, go from crime to poetry. Couldn't, you know, why not? Because we do it all. I want to thank my producer, R.J. Jeffries. And to all of you out there, go find something you love to do and do it. (laughs) 